Hello, and welcome to another edition of the PCOS Diva podcast. This is your host, Amy Medling. I'm a health coach and the founder of PCOS Diva. And as a woman with PCOS, you should be thinking about your care team. You may have a reproductive endocrinologist or an OBGYN, a dermatologist, a health coach like myself on your team, maybe an acupuncturist or chiropractor. But have you ever thought of working with an esthetician, Uh, especially if you suffer with acne or other PCOS-related skin issues? I could tell you from personal experience that this uh, type of expert can be really helpful on your PCOS journey. So, I'm so fortunate that my personal esthetician, Valerie Tukey, is going to join us today on today's podcast. So, Valerie, welcome. Hi, Amy. It's a pleasure to be so here. Want, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I want to just give our listeners a little um, intro to your, your background. You uh, have an extensive background in the beauty industry that spans over... 26 years. You're a master, and it's pronounced esthetician. I may have <laughs> mispronounced it in the intro, but um, before owning your own skincare studio, you have served as a counter manager for companies like Estee Lauder, Lancome. You were cosmetics manager for Victoria's Secret Beauty where you gained unique insight into the retail world of beauty. You're also a certified acne specialist, as well as a Reiki master and a National Guild certified hypnotist. And, you know, you really are a magician, too, because, uh, you know, over the years, working with you, you know, my skin is, you know, really looks better than it ever has. So I wanted to bring you on and kind of have you share some of your sort of secrets for women with PCOS? Well, I can give up my secrets, but then I'll have to kill you. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, we have a saying in my field, I'm an esthetician, not a magician. Um, and, you know, I, I look at aesthetics as, and, and some people may disagree with me, but it's a, mostly science and a little bit of an art to be able to read the skin and, you know, find a... Uh, you know, how do you want to work your your products and your tools that you use with the client, uh, much in the way that an artist paints a canvas and decides what brushes and what colors are they going to work in in that day. So I find that nothing is ever black and white in aesthetics. It's all gray area. There's always room for interpretation. There's, you know, always more than one way to approach a skin problem. So, you know, I might look at a client one month and say, hey, you know, we need to do X, Y, Z to approach, you know, what's going on with your skin. And then three months out, you know, do a 180 and do something completely different because there are so many factors going on, um, you know, internally and externally with the skin that can impact, you know, what it's doing, what it's presenting to us. And so we've got to, you know, be ready at any moment to kind of change the sails and, and, you know, go where the wind takes us. 
Yeah, um, I love that analogy about, you know, kind of deciding what brushes um, you're going to use. And, you know, and I think women feel that kind of that same way. There's so many choices out there, and, you know, you just kind of walk through the mall and you're sort of bombarded with people selling proactive and, um, you know, you go to the the Lancome counter and everyone has kind of an acne solution. Um, and everything, you know, and they're all expensive. <laughs> so you're not really sure they where, are. Where, to, where to start. It's very daunting um, for someone. I mean, I, I've been in this business for years, and I still get absolutely overwhelmed with the amount of, of media, the the uh, advertising that's out there, and the you know the magical promises of a perfect complexion in 30 days, which is you know pretty preposterous. Um, you know, if, if these three-step systems really worked, I'd be out of a job. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of grateful uh, for that. Um, you know, it, it is tough. Going to the mall can be, uh, you know, a, a mixed bag. I, I usually tell my clients, listen, if, if you want to go into your favorite, you know, the big chain makeup stores and uh, go ahead and, and have some fun and, you know, buy some eyeshadows and liners and things. But when it comes to the skincare products or even, you know, the, the products that touch the face, like the foundation or bronzers and blushes, anything that's coming in contact with the skin for a long period of time, you really need to know what you're buying uh, and looking at that ingredient deck, especially if you're an acne-prone person. Now, I'm very blessed. I do not suffer from acne. I've never suffered from acne. I can put pretty much anything I want on my skin, and I'm not going to have a problem. There's been a couple of very rare instances where I've used a product and actually gotten some cystic acne, um, and I figured out pretty quickly that there was something in there that my skin wasn't happy about. But, um, you know, someone who does have PCOS or someone who is acne-prone, you know, uh, like a diabetic, a diabetic can't run out and just eat whatever they want or they're going to suffer the consequences. And it's like that with with skin that's challenging. You have to know what you're putting on your skin. You know, I, um, I became an esthetician because uh, working in the retail industry for years, and, you know, I'm not knocking the companies. They make lovely products, and it's such a fun experience to go into your local department store and go into the cosmetic department, and everything smells so good and looks magical, and you've got all these celebrity endorsements, uh, you know, on the on the glossy ads and everything, and the packaging is exquisite, and everything looks like a little jewel box, and you can't wait to bring it, you know, home and unpackage it and put all your pretty bottles um, on your vanity. Um, but, you know, having worked in that environment for so many years, I got very frustrated by the realities of it, which is that, you know, it is a business. These are, you know, huge corporations with stockholders who expect profits. And, you know, in that trickle-down effect, it comes down to the people working on those counters, a tremendous amount of pressure to sell products, uh, whether or not you need the product. You know, I remember one of my executives, I think this was like one of, in my mind, one of the final straws that broke the camel's back, and I said, I've got to get out of this business. It's, we had a new vitamin C serum, and my my executive said, well, you need to sell 12 of those this week. And I said, well, what if I don't find 12 customers that need this serum? And I remember her saying, oh, you will. And I knew what that meant in that moment. And I also knew that I couldn't work that way. I couldn't you know, pressure people to buy things that I didn't truly believe they needed. And 
you know, knowing that the price uh, of those products is, is so high because the customer is paying for the uniform that I wore to work every day that the, that the counter provided me with. You know, we got uniforms. Um, they pro it, you were paying for the, the free um, makeup and skincare allowance that we got, you know, a few times a year. You were paying for, you know, the, lo the latest celebrity's multi-million dollar contract to endorse the product. You're paying for that, you know, $10 glass jar. You know, packaging is very, very expensive between the glossy boxes, the inserts, and the, the containers themselves. You know, if you ever... Um, you know, get into that type of business and you start pricing out packaging, it's it's uh, unbelievable how much that stuff can cost. And it all comes back down, you know, to the consumer and um, and the free gifts that really aren't free because you're paying for those. So when I started looking at, you know, what am I selling here? I'm selling stuff that, you know, it's okay, but there's nothing really very efficacious here, nothing that's really helping anybody. It's just kind of coating their skin and I'm being pressured to, to sell these things or I'm going to lose my job because they love to threaten you with your job if you didn't make your sales plan. So you're really hustling. And um, it just didn't feel like a job of integrity to me anymore. And that's when I decided I want to, I want to do this on my own set of standards. And so I, you know, I went back to school and, and became an esthetician. And, and that's what I love is that I, when someone walks in my door, Amy, my, in my mind, I want a long-term relationship with this person. And that's what a lot of solo estheticians think. You know, we're, we're out there working for ourselves, by ourselves, and we rely on um, our clients to be happy, number one, for us to have a, a good uh, relationship with them that's based on integrity and trust. And so that client knows that if we're making a recommendation to them, it's because we want what's best for you, not because we're trying to make a sales goal for somebody else, um, you know, I want you to come back to me over and over for years, and I want you to send your friends and family to me. And the only way that's going to happen is if I'm getting you results, number one, and number two, that you trust me. And you know that when you leave with a bag with, you know, product in it, it's because I really, truly in my heart believe it's going to help you. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, we've been, I've been seeing you for the past 10 years. <laughs> You've seen my kids grow up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the product, you know, that, that you sell is not something that I'm going to find, you know, at Sephora or, um, you know, it's professional product. Um, so it's, you know, I think it is important to find the right um, person to work with. And maybe you could give give um, our divas some tips. Like how do you find, um, you know, a knowledgeable uh, esthetician? You know, I, I realize it probably is easier said than done, but some of the things you want to look for is, uh, and this is not to knock day spas or, or you know, any type, you know, groups of, of estheticians if they're working in, you know, uh, some kind of a facility. Uh, I, I'm not trying to suggest in any way that they are not uh, knowledgeable or good at what they do. But m what I would look for as a consumer is someone who, um, you know, is a solo, someone who either works alone or a couple of estheticians working together. Uh, again, because if you're able to be self-sustaining in this business without relying on a chain, the name of a chain to feed you clients, uh, or a day spa that's just well-known that you're going to have this revolving door of people showing up, whether you're good or not, just because it's a well-known name, you know, that tells you something right there. So, you know, if you can find someone who, who works by themselves, um, you know, go on their website. You want to see 
good before and after photos. To me, the proof is in the pudding, and you've seen my work. I, uh, you know, often post uh, pictures on my Facebook page, and um, sorry, my website's down right now, but I do have my Acme page up, and I do have some of my my uh, pictures of my clients on there. Um, but that's really speaks volumes when someone can actually show you, this is what I've done for someone. This is the work that we've been able to accomplish um, with my program or with the products that I use. So, you know, look for somebody who, uh, like, works for themselves, someone who can actually show you pictures of their work. And, um, you know, those would be two of the top things that I would, would tell you uh, are signs of someone who's, who knows what they're doing. And speaking of your work, um, you know, the, the before and afters of women who are suffering with cystic acne are really amazing. And I know it doesn't happen overnight, but I was hoping that you could give listeners, um, and I know many, oh, it's, it's just one of those really crummy symptoms of PCOS, but um, give us some tips on how to help improve things that we can do to improve or our PCOS cystic acne? Sure. Um, so I will tell you that it has been my experience because I do have a number of clients with PCOS who I've um, been able to successfully clear. Uh, and, you know, it's really a, what's been a learning experience for me, Amy, is that I think the old assumption with PCOS, which I'm sure a lot of your um, listeners have found, we used to know, oh, well, if someones they're losing their hair, they have, you know, inappropriate hair, facial hair growth, you know, on the chin and neck. Uh, they're overweight, et cetera, et cetera. These, you know, sort of um, textbook standard uh, symptoms of PCOS that we'd say, oh, well, it's obvious she has it. Well, I've been finding more and more that it's very sneaky. And I have mm. women that have full head of hair and they're skinny as a rail and they don't have any facial hair growth maybe like one or two little whiskers on their chin. And, and um, you know, so it's just remarkable to me that uh, the, the different shapes and sizes, I guess, that PCOS comes in. And um, and still these, you know, I see these people with this persistent acne who, you know, have great diets and they eat well and they exercise and they do all the things that I know you advocate for a healthy lifestyle and yet they, you know, con consistently get these um, outbreaks, and it's got to be incredibly frustrating. So, um, you know, like I said, I have found that I just, I treat them all the same because it, it, it can take a little longer for someone with PCOS to clear, but I still am able to get them to that result that we want. And I find that on average, it takes maybe 16 weeks, 20 weeks, so four or five months. And that's really not a long time if you've been suffering with acne for years. Um, so when with, I do a consult, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to interrupt. With how many visits per month are you talking about? It depends. Um, you know, I have some people who have super busy schedules and they're only able to come in once a month. So that I've had people, you know, get clear in four or five visits. And, you know, uh, when people will ask me that question, well, how many times do I have to come in? You know, I am more focused on your home care than how many office visits we do. I always compare it to going to the dentist. If you go to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned, but then you go home and you don't brush and floss, then the cleaning is, is for nothing. And I, if someone is in a pinch and they're like, geez, Val, I'm on a really tight budget, I would rather that they not come into the office and I put them on a home care routine 
because they're going to be touching their face twice a day, you know, all month long versus coming into my office once. So I I still want to see them to monitor them, but in those instances, the focus is really on on the home care. And so, you know, what I do with um, people who are suffering from acne, um, you know, we address a bunch of different things. So I know that you coach your... um, your divas on dietary uh, recommendations and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a lot of clean eating. It's low glycemic foods, uh, everything to kind of, you know, control the insulin imbalances. Um, right, right. Right. I tell people, food. yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, because really that's what causes acne. Um, acne has a very large component in inflammation. Inflammation is what is the precursor to the clogging in the pores we're finding now. So, you know, we can pile all kinds of great product on the skin, but we really, the skin is a two-sided organ, so we need to address from inside the body out as well. So I really, you know, I I don't have quite the expansive knowledge about uh, diet and supplements that you do, Amy. I mean, you boggle my mind every time you come in and I learn something new from you, and it's so great. <laughs> but what I have found is that, um, you know, there's three basic things uh, as far as, like, supplements that I, I do recommend to my clients to take. And, you know, I always tell them, listen, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV, but these are the things that I have found um, can be helpful for people is, uh, number one, taking your omega-3s. Uh, omega-3s mm-hmm. are very helpful with acne-prone people to reduce inflammation internally. Um, second thing is I like everyone to take a probiotic because, you know, as we know, we're finding uh, that the gut is linked to everything, including the skin, including acne, um, inflammation throughout the body, et cetera. So, uh, again, reducing inflammation. And then zinc. Oh, can I uh, just, can I just, um, just give a little tout to fermented foods there? Uh, yeah. You know, I think yeah. I had uh, I have a podcast with Summer Bach. She's a um, a master fermentationist, and she talked about just a couple spoonfuls of sour raw sauerkraut a day is amazing for acne prone skin because of you know all of those natural probiotics that you get. From, yeah, you got me taking it. that, and I love it. It's delicious. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Yeah, you got to find it a good is. brand. I like um, Micro Mamas. I don't know if it's just available in New England area, but um, I've found that that's my favorite. Anyway, oh, so good. I just had to mention that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that's a, a real good one. Um, you know, with diet, I you know I tell my clients, listen, you've got to. There's certain things we just have to not eat uh, if you're acne prone, and one of them is dairy. You know, as we all know. Um, dairy has hormones in it. Not only, you know, if the farmers have been adding the hormones, but it's it's breast milk of a cow meant to grow a baby cow. And I mean, you've harped on me about this. You know, we've had big discussions about dairy, and um, you know, those those hormones, uh, you know, affect affect us internally. And absolutely, we're finding more and more proof that uh, there is a link between dairy and acne. And kids love pounding the milk with their cereal or with cookies, you know, I'm finding teenage boys, they'll, they'll drink a gallon of milk in two days. It's unbelievable. Um, so dairy is something that people really need to be careful of, whether it's, you know, cheese or even yogurt. Um, we found with some people it's not, um, 
you know, not something that's helping them any. Um, it's basically like cows, cows milk, cows cheese. We do find that goat's milk uh, and goat yogurt seems to be not as um, likely to flare up people, which is interesting. Yeah, I think it's that that A1 casein, um, which is not present in uh, goats or sheep's milk. So for some people, that A1 casein is highly inflammatory. So, yeah, you know, you can kind of, I tell people, you can sort of experiment and see if you can have a little goat's um, Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody's different. Again, it's that right. that there is no black and white. And that's, you know, your mileage may vary with all of these recommendations, but it's always worth worth it to keep a food diary and really to pay attention to what you put in, in your body. You know, I have a client who, um, can Samuel Adams beer, sorry, sorry, Sam, <laughs> but um, just that one brand of beer, she will be covered in pustules within 24 hours and all over her hmm. chest and shoulders and face. So it's more like a... Food allergy reaction, um, something That's in that fear, but it looks like pimples. It's unbelievable. Um, so she, you know, you've got to really pay attention to what you put in your body. Foods that are um, androgenic, uh, peanut butter and peanut oil and corn oil. Um, those foods, you know, people. I love my peanut butter, uh, and a lot of people do. But we find that peanut butter is also something that's really acne triggering. And, um, you know, so I try to give people alternatives, like, hey, you know, instead of that, have some almond butter or try another nut butter. And, um, you know, for oils, you know, you can, instead of having uh, peanut cooking in peanut oil or corn oil, try cooking in coconut oil. And I'm a big advocate of eating coconut oil, Amy. I, I put a little teaspoon of it in my coffee every morning, and I just feel really good when I eat that. I love the taste, and, and I think there's a lot of you know, health benefits to uh, to coconut oil, being a uh, medium-chain triglycerides in it, and, uh, and it does have some antimicrobial properties to it, but we want to put the coconut oil in our body and not on our body, especially not the face and the hair, because it is highly, highly comedogenic. And, and that's something, you know, I think that really needs to be talked about, because, you know, we live in a day and age of uh, Instagram and um um, Pinterest and everybody's an expert on the internet with you know these natural remedies and and I while I know that they're well meaning um, there really are no studies out there proving that coconut oil isn't pore clogging. All the evidence points to pore clogging and I see it myself with my clients. You know I'll have someone who's new will come in and they'll tell me oh I'm using coconut oil as a moisturizer. And their face is, you know, dehydrated and it's riddled with, uh, you know, clogging. So, you know, or I'll have someone go to, you know, that store in the mall that is very uh, fragrant smelling and it's, they have all the fun bath bombs and things like that. And um, a lot of the hair care and skin care in there has got a lot of coconut oil in it too. So I get these young kids who, you know, love those products, but it's making an awful mess of their um, of their face um, because, even if it's in the hair care, that your hair touches your face or you lay on it when you're sleeping or it's it's getting all over your pillowcase, and that really can lead to some awful problems. So I just want to let your listeners know that um, if you're using coconut oil on your skin, I, I really don't recommend you putting it on your face because it's such a bone of contention with me and, and my clients. I'm like, no coconut oil. It's It's, it's not helping. Uh, well, that's a great tip because, 
You know, I see those posts all the time as well. Um, and, and, yes, coconut oil internally is great for PCOS, too. It, um, there's an article on PCOS Diva about the benefits, so check that out. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so I go through, you know, diet dietary recommendations with them, such as uh, those things. Another thing is um, iodide. You know, there's a little bit of debate out there right now, and I think anything's up for debate, you know, when it comes to our health and our bodies and our skin. But um, we've seen that eating things high in iodide, such as kelp, um, you know, the wraps that go around sushi or um, taking things like blue-green algae and supplements like that or um, supplements high in iodides. Uh, while we, you know, we do need those, um, they can wreak havoc on the skin. And, you know, I, I had a client once, we'd gotten her skin totally clear, and she started taking a new vitamin um, that was very high in iodine, and it just blew up her face. It was pretty incredible. Um, you know, and that's the thing with supplements, too. You've got to be careful. Things like biotin, I know that's a hot uh, um, supplement right now people are taking for hair and nail growth. You know, I see that all over the place. But uh, that speeds up the proliferation of skin cells. You know, if it's going to make your hair and nails grow faster, it's also going to speed up the production of skin cells. And so I see a lot of pore clogging with people with, uh, you know, who are oh, acne prone taking biotin. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, you know, if, if someone's not acne prone, they can do pretty much anything they want. But it, we're talking about people who seem to have a sensitivity, uh, you know, to getting breakouts. And so that's something they need to be careful of. You really got to watch your supplements. Um, your shake, your uh, your beef-derived uh, shake that you sell is, I, is acne safe as far as I know. It looked, I looked it over and it looked really good. Um, oh, my power protein. What, yes. The power protein, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yes, you, I do. Um, what, what about whey? You know, I, I really steer women away from whey because yes, it, I, it yeah, we like do too. increase insulin resistance. I also yes. have a pea, yep. a, a organic pea protein um, mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're looking for a vegan alternative. Uh, That's terrific. You know, it, it, so pea is not really an issue with acne. Yeah. No, okay. no, we, we just want to stay away from the whey because um, it comes from dairy and, you know, it all goes back to the same thing we were talking about. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it's really hard for me to give a specific protocol of what people should do because, again, everything is very individual, but some of the things that um, can be helpful, some of the ingredients that people want to look for uh, in treating their acne, um, some of the things that I found to be most helpful is incorporating um, benzoyl peroxide, um, and that would typically be in a leave-on lotion. Um, you know, a benzoyl peroxide wash is nice, but that's on your skin for like one minute, and then it's rinsed off. And we really need something that's going to go in, oxygenate the pore, help to shed away that buildup that's inside the follicle, as well as, uh, you know, the, kill the bacteria. You know, there's more than one type of uh, acne bacteria strain, um, but it does go in there and oxygenate, and, and they love to live in an anaerobic environment. There's no, you know, oxygen in the pores, so by oxygenating that, it helps to kill the bacteria, and it's something that, you know, we really need to do on a round-the-clock basis is fighting those little plugs, those little comedones that form in the pore, you know, that's part of what's happening in the skin. Um, you know, whether it's from the PCOS, uh, you know, with, with a, uh, insulin resistance or, you know, we're having a lot of androgens, uh, you know, elevated androgens in the body, that's resulting in an increase of sebum, that's just the oil uh, that's produced in our pore, 
and that's mixing with skin cells that are shedding from the inside of the lining of the pore, and it forms these little little balls. You know, sometimes if you stretch the skin, you can see these little little white, round sort of, um, you know, well, it squishes out, so I shouldn't say it's round, but it'll look round as if you stretch the skin and you look under the surface of the skin. And that's a mixture of this oil and skin cells, and it, the bacteria that live in our pores and on our skin, you know, the, the bacteria lives there all the time, and most of the time it's not causing us any problems, but it feeds on that material. And when it does, it... Uh, you know, that irritates the follicle lining. You know, you're getting this proliferation of bacteria and they're secreting a substance that irritates the lining of the follicle. And so then we start getting this inflammation and you get those painful pimples. And often it's kind of deep in the skin so you can't even really see it. And that's when we start digging at the skin and picking and making scars and, and hyperpigmentation and a big old mess. Um, you know, if you do get one of those cysts, a, a, a one of the best things you can do is ice it. You know, just like when we injure, uh, say you, you hurt your knee, what does the doctor tell you to do? They tell you to ice it. We've got to reduce the inflammation. And I tell that to my clients. We've got to reduce the inflammation, number one, because we don't want that follicle rupturing and having that infection spread to other areas of the face. And by reducing the inflammation, we have a better chance of actually opening up that pore and allowing, you know, relaxing the inflammation so that the pore can open and allow the infection to come to the surface where you can actually see it. And then maybe, you know, gently coax it out, um, you know, with some tissues wrapped around your fingers. People really need to be careful with the picking. I'm seeing a lot of, um, you know, people scarring their faces because they're digging deep trying to get to that infection in the the reality is you're most of the time not going to get it and you're just making a much bigger mess on your face. And even worse, you could give yourself a staph infection. I have seen that happen on a couple of occasions where people were chronically picking their faces. Um, mm -hmm. So reducing that inflammation is really important. And so icing, number one, and then applying, you know, a benzoyl peroxide lotion. Also, uh, another ingredient that is really a, a superstar in my arsenal of caring for clients' skin is mandelic acid. And mandelic acid, uh, I can't tell you exactly when it came on the market, but my recollection of it is probably 10 years ago, so it's still fairly new compared to things like salicylic acid and glycolic acid, but it's kind of a cool ingredient that does a multitude of things. So, if, you know, if you can find a product that has mandelic acid in it, uh, mandelic is, is a uh, alpha hydroxy acid that comes from bitter almonds. So the word mandel is German for almond, and so hence we have mandelic acid. And what it does is it actually helps to do a bunch of things. It exfoliates the skin. It helps to suppress melanin production, so it helps to lighten discoloration in the skin. It's also antimicrobial, so it fights bacteria. And um, also, if you have the right kind of mandelic, because there's actually a couple of different kinds out there. There's uh, one called L-mandelic, like L is in Larry, um, and there's DL-mandelic. So the difference is the L-mandelic is also antifungal. And that's the one that I primarily work with with my clients is I have a, a series of serums that uh, in graduating strengths that I give people. 
And I find that that's such a great workhorse on the skin is mandelic acid because if you've got, um, you know, some pimples, like say you've got some ingrown hairs on the neck or uh, some inflammatory acne, it really helps to kill that bacteria, bring that swelling down, um, you know, open up the pore opening so the infection can release. Um, and it also helps to speed up healing of the marks left behind by old acne, which is, you know, always something that people complain about. And um, on that note about the, you know, it killing fungus, I'm seeing more and more, and I, I, and I don't know what you think about this, but I, I'm telling you, Amy, 15 years ago, I did not see this condition on skins around here, and I'm seeing it every day. And it looks like little pimples, so people will present with, um, usually on the forehead, the chest, or kind of like on the sides of the neck running down from the ear, it'll look like little teeny weeny pimples, lots and lots of them. So if any of your listeners have like all these little bumps on their forehead and, and they don't extract, so if they're trying to pick at them and nothing comes out, chances are that's actually not acne, but a condition called that we'll refer to as fungal folliculitis. And what that is, is it, it mimics acne. It looks like a whole lot of pimples, but it's actually an overgrowth of the yeast that naturally lives on our skin. And Which, um, um, is, yeah. is it related to candida, kind of like that yeast overgrowth um, that a lot I'm of not sure if it's just, to deal with? I know that there's a, a number of different um, funguses that live on our skin, and I, I have to be honest, I'm not really sure if it's the same mm-hmm. fungus. I don't think it is. But um, but but what you're saying leads me to wonder: Is it something in our diets? Uh, you know, is it the gluten? Is it the, all the sugar we eat? Why am I seeing this proliferation of um, you know fungus on people? It's like there's a fungus among us. Everybody's got fungus, <laughs> and so you know the mandelic really helps with that. You know, what my best friend. I've known this girl since fifth grade. She had these bumps on her forehead for 20 years and could never get rid of them. She tried everything. And um, I find it really odd because she told me she went to, like, four different dermatologists and nobody could help her. So I'm not, I'm not sure what to make of that. Um, but I gave her some mandelic serum and it went away. And she was really, really happy and I felt like a hero. <laughs> so that's a really good thing. That people, you know, I want people to know, hey, if you've got all these weird little bumps, growing on your skin, it may not be acne, it might be that. And that's when you want to look, again, to Mandelic Serum. And if you're going to buy Mandelic somewhere, you know, you want to ask whoever's selling it to you, what kind of Mandelic is this? Because there is a difference. If you don't have the fungal problem, then don't don't worry about it. But if you do, you really want to have the correct Mandelic Acid. And typically the L-Mandelic is a little more expensive, but it's completely worth it because it does all of those other things as well. You know, as, as we were talking um, about, you know, other acne treatments, I it kind of triggered a couple other supplements that I just wanted to mention. Um, berberine, you know, berberine, I've talked a lot about it on PCOS Diva and have you know, several articles and, and I actually have it in my store. But berberine um, has been shown in clinical studies that in just four weeks it's improved acne by 45%. Um, so it's That's something impressive. to yeah, something to really look at. However, you know, I caution people when you are using berberine, it's not something that you use long term without a break because it's antimicrobial. Um and you know, you kinda need to give your gut a break and you certainly need to be taking a probiotic. So, you know, check out 
check out the the blog posts and we talk more about kind of the protocol for berberine. The other um, supplement that is kind of an androgen blocker, it also helps to sort of metabolize metabolize or detoxify um, kind of some of the bad estrogens. It's called um, dindolimethane or DIM, D-I-M. DIM, I was going to say DIM, yes. That's something I'm hearing a lot about these days and um, trying to learn more about it because I'd like to be able to get people on board with that as well. Yeah, so, um, you know, it really helps with the acne um, because of that androgen blocking. So those are two other supplements that, you know, I just, I know that they've been, you know, shown to help with acne. So mm-hmm. just wanted to Awesome. Those. Um, um, I had a couple little um, talking points I just wanted to touch on for your listeners as far as, you know, um, what they can do at home, you know, and, and I know it's, you know, like we talked about when we first started this conversation is it is very daunting. There's so much information out there. But um, one thing they really want to look at, again, going back to being careful what you put on your skin and really, you know, we read food labels, but do people really read their product labels of what's in their product? Um, Looking at pore clogging ingredients, you know, we talked about how the coconut oil, unfortunately, is very pore clogging. Um, But there are a lot of pore clogging ingredients in makeup that, uh, you know, we don't even can't even understand, you know, what is this ingredient? Like, you know, Maristol Maristate uh, is in a lot of cosmetics and uh, very uh, acne-triggering. Or if you see uh, algin, you know, the algae extract in in, uh, cosmetics can be very pork-clogging. So there's a lot of lists on the Internet that you can find that will tell you pore-clogging ingredients. And I know in my field, you know, estheticians are always debating about everything. You know, we, we love to have heated conversations about what's true and what's not true. Uh, so someone might say, you know, oh, well, that list you found isn't accurate. You need to start somewhere. And, you know, is any one list out there with pore-clogging ingredients completely accurate? No, I don't think any of them are completely on the money. But at least you have some kind of a guideline of somewhere to start if you're not doing anything to at least look at your cosmetics and look at your skincare and say, hey, you know, maybe this foundation that I got from, you know, Joe, you know, whoever, I don't want to name names, but if you're wearing a foundation, it could have, you know, some pore cloggers in it. So you really want to be mindful um, of what you're using on your face because uh, it, it may not, you know, it could be that you do have PCOS and you are acne prone, but by making a few little changes, um, to your to your regimen of what you're putting on your skin can make all the difference. And that's what I've seen with some of my clients. We didn't have to do anything terribly difficult um, but tweak a few things um, that they were using on their skin or changing some habits. Like, you know, if you are acne prone, you want to change your pillowcases really frequently and you don't want to be using dryer sheets and fabric softener on them because those... Um, you know, put a waxy coating on the fabric, which, you know, your face is pressing against that for eight hours a night. Typically, that's going to cause you some problems. Um, you know, toothpaste is another big trigger. Uh, sodium lauryl sulfate in toothpaste is a big acne trigger, and I often see clusters of clogged pores at the corners, uh, the lower corners of people's mouths where the toothbrush is kind of going back and forth embedding that um, you know, microscopic particles of, of, you know, what's in the toothpaste into the skin. You know, so I tell my clients, listen, brush your teeth in the shower and then wash your face off 
you know, after you've brushed your teeth. So you're really able to rinse all of that away. Um, and, you know, it's summertime. You know, we're in the pools, we're at the beach, and the chlorine and the salt in your pool water can be a huge, uh, you know, acne trigger. And this is going to sound kind of crazy, but if you are having a lot of breakouts and you're concerned about the pool water um, affecting your skin, you can put a thin layer of Vaseline on your skin before you go in the pool to protect you. Um, Vaseline is not pore clogging, believe it or not. It's not exactly, you know, petroleum is not something we, we think of as being, you know, this wonderful ingredient that we want to use on the skin for health reasons. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we've been uh, misinformed by mass marketing for years and years, you know, and led to believe that mineral oil and and petroleum or uh, petrol atom or pore clogging, and that's an absolute lie. They are not pore cloggers. So um, surprise, surprise. Isn't that interesting? And, you know, meanwhile, our, some of our most natural botanical-based oils can be extremely problematic on the skin. Um, I, I, if someone's looking for a good oil, say if you like doing oil on the face, I'm a big advocate of oil cleansing. Um, I have a lot of my clients using uh, the oil cleanse method to dissolve their makeup, and if you use the right oils, it can actually help to dissolve clogging in the pores. I'm a big fan of sunflower oil. Um, it, your skin, you know, typically likes sunflower oil. It's very um, gentle on the skin. It doesn't clog pores as long as the bottle doesn't say high oleic oil, because there, there are different types of sunflower oil. Um, you want to look for one that does not say high oleic because that will uh, cause some um, pore clogging. But if it doesn't, you, you're probably going to be okay. But it's definitely a better bet than coconut oil. And um, I actually do have my acne clients oil cleansing along with their um, acne washes. And it seems to work really, really well at keeping the skin balanced. Oh, that's interesting. I never would have thought that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Learn something new every day, right? I know, I know. So, you know, we're coming to a close of the podcast. Wondering, is there anything else that you wanted to mention um, to listeners? I know that uh, you had talked about a, a particular makeup line that, that you'd like. Oh, right, yes. Um, so, um, you know, trying to keep our conversation brand neutral, but I am um, going to mention one brand because there is so much makeup out there, people trying to navigate and find what is safe for them and what isn't safe. Um, so my good friend Kelly Madison out in Pennsylvania has been developing this uh, mineral makeup line for years. And, you know, we know there's that other big mineral line out there that has the stores and the malls. And um, unfortunately, that big line that you find in the mall uh, uses some ingredients that actually can aggravate acne. Um, their original formula of mineral foundation is still fairly safe, but they've introduced a lot of new products, these, um, you know, matte powders and pressed powders and stuff with earth, you know, earth soil in it. And, and we really, you know, that's, I don't recommend any of that. But we've actually seen people getting um, acne from these newer products that have been introduced. So I try to steer clear of that um, in general. But Kelly uh, owns Priya. Uh, Minerale Derm, and so it's a mineral makeup company, and it's spelled P-R-I-I-A dot com is her website, and she has a fantastic uh, line of cosmetics that she has developed, 
and it is acne safe. It's also gluten free, cruelty free, and she has a lot of uh, vegan friendly choices. She does not have any talc or DNC dyes or parabens or pore clogging ingredients in her makeup. So um, she's going to be giving your listeners for a limited time a discount code. I think you'll probably have that listed and paired up with the uh, link to the podcast yes, here at absolutely. some point. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and she, you know, I reached out to her and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to be doing this great podcast with Amy and I love your makeup and I just want to, um, you know, let Amy's listeners know that there is a really lovely, natural, um, you know, option for them out there. No, that's fantastic. Um, And we'll also be posting uh, Val's acne website uh, and follow her Facebook page because she's, you know, always posting some really um, informative con- and entertaining content. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I just be forewarned. I'm, I'm kind of like my cl- people who know me know I am. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I am what I am. I just, I, I'm kind of like that. There's this blog I love to read, and the lady swears a lot, and I can't remember what it's called now. But you know, I'm not for everybody. But uh, you know, if that's, I'm just, I'm. I'm just kind of down to earth, a little kooky and irreverent, and I, my clients know I don't. There's no holds barred with me, I guess is what oh. I'm trying to say. But I, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my clients, and I just want everyone to feel beautiful and to be empowered in their skin because I know that beauty, you know, is more than skin deep. But you know, when we're able to look in the mirror every day and really feel feel like a diva, to feel confident, to feel beautiful, and and be able to go through our day and not be focusing on our skin or what we look like, but just feeling comfortable in our own body. There's no price tag you can put on that. You're you're absolutely true. Um, you know, we, there's so much more that I wanted to cover, <laughs> and we just really focused this podcast on acne, but I'd love to invite you, Val, to come back and talk about some of the other issues that women with PCOS um, deal with in regards to their skin, you know, things like skin tags and kind of that darkening of the skin caused by insulin, um, the uh, acanthosis nigricans. Um, yeah, know, the acanthosis nigricans is a, yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. Um, I'll tell you really quickly, it's a skin condition that, you know, typically comes with uh, insulin resistance and diabetes and obesity, and and honestly, there is no cure for that. I know someone had written in um, a question about that, and I I did want to at least answer one of the questions today. I know I've been, I can't believe I thought I was going to run out of things to talk about. This is hilarious. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But, yeah, with the anconthosis nigricans, it's... um, There really is no cure, unfortunately. It's really all about controlling blood sugar and losing weight, and that can help it to go away on its own. But if you, you know, if you don't address the insulin resistance, it actually can come back, and it can come back even worse. So, unfortunately, that is really the the crux of it. Yeah, and I can say I had that in my teens and early twenties when my insulin was you know, my PCOS was out of control, and nobody really knew, you know, because I was still thin, but you could, you know, I want you to know you could be thin and still have insulin resistance, but I had it on my neck um, and, you know, kind of under my arms, but since, you know, I've got my PCOS out of, uh, under control, it's gone, um, but yeah, like you said, if I went back to my old ways, it would probably 
you know, come back again. So there's there's just so much that you can do with diet and lifestyle change. Absolutely. Um, and I'm just so glad that, that was that's part of your acne protocol and um just want to thank you again, Val, for sharing your your knowledge and um you know, I really encourage, you know, all all of you listeners who struggle with skin issues to find find your own Val. <laughs> Um, or if you're in the the Nashua, New Hampshire area, um, you'll have to go go visit and uh, try her wonderful facials, which I think I have one scheduled in a couple weeks. So yeah, I think it's next week. Yeah, um, <laughs> but thank you, Val. thanks Val, and thank you everyone for listening. I just want um, you to know if you enjoy these PCOS Diva podcasts, um, I've added them to an updated. Um, PCOS Diva app that you can find on iTunes and um, through Google Play for Android. So you can access all of the the um, the podcasts through the app now. Um, and you can also find us on um, on iTunes as well. And you know all the podcasts are archived on the website. I think this is might be podcast number 46. So lots of great info if you want to go back and look at the archives. So thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you all again soon.